Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Another brand new edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. It is the 13th of the month of July. It is free agent day in the NHL. What's going to go down today? We shall see. It's one of those days in sport, the opening of free agency, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, certainly the NHL as well. That's always a lot of fun. Whereas the trade deadline in sports tends to be underwhelming, free agency day always tends to deliver. We'll see what happens today. We'll see if the Flyers are in the mix today to make some things happen as well. And to kind of position themselves for today, well, presumably, the Flyers did do a little bit of business yesterday when they unfortunately decided to buy out the final year of Oscar Lindblom's contract. Now, I say unfortunately because we all respect, love Oscar Lindblom. The way he handled himself throughout his Ewing sarcoma diagnosis, through his treatment, and returned to the lineup in the bubble. All of those elements. And Oscar not playing the game that he was playing before, you know, at the same level, looking to get back to that. And there were some signs under Mike Yo that Oscar was certainly trending in the right direction. And his game was uh, starting to round back into form. Uh, but cap space is one of those things right now. We're seeing it across the NHL with the amount of guys that are not being tendered RFA offers. We're seeing so many of those guys just not even get a qualifying offer because of the flag cap. And it's really rearing its ugly head on, I guess, what you would call the NHL's middle class, the restricted free agents and qualifying offers, and and guys like Oscar Lindblom. So Oscar uh, will give the Flyers about $3.3 million in additional cap space. If they're going to be in on the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes, they're going to need more. And uh, there's a lot of reports out there that some teams are involved in conversations with the Flyers regarding James Van Riemsdyk. I know Buffalo was one of those teams. Uh, and a few others, including Seattle at one point, and Arizona. Uh, But we'll see where that goes, and you're probably going to have to pay a sweetener. And I'll go on the record again one more time regarding Johnny Gaudreau. I love Johnny Gaudreau, and if they sign him, there will certainly be an immediate excitement that comes with a hockey player like Johnny Gaudreau, a guy who had 115 points last year, was a plus 60, and he did it while playing under a coach in Daryl Sutter, who really preaches defensive, you know, structure and awareness and responsibility. And to still put up those numbers with that line of Lindholm and Kachuk was astounding. But, again, the the price that it could end up costing in the term that you're paying for a 29-year-old winger, I think, is a little dangerous. And while I get you want the shiny toy out there, and look, all those years of, you know, there being no salary cap in the NHL, And every time there was a bright, shiny toy out there, there was a a really good player available, we're conditioned as Flyers fans to want to go get it. But that's not the reality of a flat cap world. That's not the reality of a salary cap world. And I get you want to move forward when the player is available. You know, it's funny to me because I see a lot of people on social media, you know, really kind of wanting the Flyers to make this happen and land Johnny Gaudreau, but... You know, I saw a week ago where they were talking about tear it down and rebuild. There could be nothing further from the opposite of rebuild than signing a 29-year-old free agent coming off a career year at peak dollars and peak term. I'll be excited if they get the player because 
Look, I'd love to watch Johnny Gaudreau as a flyer return home every night, and it'll certainly make it more entertaining, and he is, he is high-end talent. But I just wonder if that's the right move from a prudent hockey standpoint. So that's where I am on it. You know, one of the other moves that was made, obviously, was Tony D'Angelo, and that was controversial for many reasons. You know, people, is he here to assume the role for Ryan Ellis, and Ellis is never going to play again? You know, these are the things that go through people's heads, and they, I admit it, they go through my head as well. That's why I was kind of conflicted on the role of Tony D'Angelo. But then, obviously, with D'Angelo comes some baggage as well, some pretty pronounced baggage. And he actually is our guest on this episode. And he arrives to Philadelphia to come play back home. Why did he want to come back here and play? Let's ask the man himself. He brings a little bit of a storm with him as well. Former Sewell, New Jersey resident, now living down the shore. It is the newest Flyers defenseman, Tony D'Angelo. Tony, how you doing? Doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Tony, what number are you going to wear for the Flyers? 77. Going to stick with, obviously, 7's so. retired, so we'll stick with 77. Okay. I, I saw that online. I was, I was wondering if Wikipedia was correct about something. But, <laughs> First time, um, maybe. Yeah, really. Um, let me ask you about coming home and playing at home because, you know, that's a hard thing to do. There's a lot of distractions that come with home, a lot of, you know, friends and family in the area that can pull on you. And as a professional athletes, sometimes you want to keep uh, that separation of church and state. What's it like? What was that decision like to come back home? Yeah, it was an easy decision. I mean, I'm not uh, – obviously, there'll be some – some uh, hecticness when, when you have fans and stuff trying to come to games and friends and maybe you're not going to have enough tickets or something like that. But uh, that's really not a big worry of mine. I think that everybody kind of understands the situation and how many people I have here and just in my immediate family, how many people I have. So I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, overly concerned if people are going to be reaching out and stuff. I think they understand. I have a great, uh, great group of fans and, and friends over here, family and friends and people that support me that are going to be, uh, you know, more than willing to go to the games of their own or whatever it's going to be. So I'm not worried about that, but to, to have a chance to play for the Flyers to me, none of that even, even crossed my mind when I was first going through it because it was a dream come true for mine as a kid. I grew up a diehard Flyer fan. Everybody that knows me knows how crazy I was as a Flyer fan. I knew every player. I knew every number. I was, you know, my, for Christmas, my president would be getting Flyers tickets to go to a game. So we, um, you know, when I was talking to my family and stuff and this opportunity started to, started to come up was a no-brainer and, and my agent and stuff called me and I said it's uh you know obviously we, we love Carolina we would, would like to work something out there but once this opportunity came after it was too late there it was it was a no-brainer let's try to do it when you look at it from a hockey standpoint you know the Kings are a team that were on the cusp they were a great team last year that you were on where you had 51 points in 64 games and the Flyers last year you, you know what took place here Tony a lot of injuries but really you know, substandard season that bringing a lot of change. You're part of that change. Um, when you look at it from the hockey standpoint, you're going to a different situation, but a situation where they're trying to rebuild here, and you want to be a part of that. Yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it. I think that uh, I think that I can really help it too. I think the personality that I bring to the locker room is going to help. You know, is going to help what we're trying to do here. I think it's more of a a Flyers type personality, and that's the way I like to. You know to say it now, especially that I can say it now that I'm on the flyer. I think it's a flyer mentality that I want to bring to the locker room and, and on the ice. And I think the fans will appreciate that, but it's gotta be, uh, you know, it's gotta be hard at all times on both, on both sides of the puck. And no matter when losing, it's gotta be, it's gotta be hard, tough mentality make make people not want to play against you. And it's not going to be easy. And, you know, I've followed the flyers close since I, since I've come in the league, just obviously, and, and being here still in the summer, you know, you, you read a lot of stuff and see a lot of stuff, but, uh, 
there's a lot of good players in the locker room. And obviously, I'm not sure what we're going to do in the next couple of days here. I'm sure it's not going to be – I'm not going to be the last edition or subtraction. Who knows what's going to happen. But um, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of injuries. You know, you look at one time that we played Carolina last year. They're missing um, – I'm pretty sure it was in Philly. they missing top three centers. Yeah. And when you're missing top three centers for, you know, for a long period of time, it makes it tough on – on everybody else. Now you got a young guy playing center, or maybe a guy that's not even supposed to be playing center down the middle. So it, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that went into it. And I think that with a fresh start and a healthy team to start the season, you know, a new coach that things could, uh, things could change quick. And that's what we're going to plan on doing. We got to go out and do it. We can't, uh, everyone's going to be talking about it, but I think we just need to go out and from day one of camp, get ready to do it. What's the torts factor for you? Cause John Tortorella, he's a guy that, you know, there's, you and him kind of share this where there's some misconceptions about uh, the person. And we're going to talk about, you know, you in the locker room because you, you got a, a ringing endorsement from Kevin Hayes. But what's the torts factor for you? You know, you're a guy that burns hot. I, I asked some guys that played with you um, at different levels, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, what you're like. And they, they all said that you're a guy that plays with a very high level of intensity. We know torts comes to the rink in the barn every day with a very high level of intensity. What's that going to be like with you and John Tortorella? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I think it's going to be a good mix. I think that you need that from your players, and I, and I don't mind that at all from the head coach. I think that uh, that that kind of rubs off on the players, in my opinion. Now, you know, some guys handle things, certain things differently, and, and you know, are, are everyone's passionate, but passionate in different ways. I might wear it on my wear it on my sleeve a little more. You might, you might see it a little more than you might see other players, how they're feeling just from – you know, the, you can just tell sometimes just on your body language or your face or if you're, you know, slamming stick back, whatever the case may be. Some guys just do it differently. But for me, it's just bringing that uh, the passion and, and the will to win every day. And I think the torch brings that same kind of same kind of passion intensity. So for me right there, just off of that, you know, I don't know him overly well. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about him and, and him just for a couple minutes. But um, I see it as, as a great thing, you know, and I'm hoping that it does turn out to be a great thing. So we'll see how it uh see how it all plays out but it kind of when somebody wants to win and cares about winning so much and brings that intensity to me that that's the kind of guy I want to be with or play for so I'm sure it's going to work out Tony sometimes with some of the things that are talked about with you the hockey part kind of gets put on the back shelf at times you know where's your game at I mean you're a guy that had 51 points last year if you go on I think your last three seasons I think you're eighth in the NHL amongst defensemen and points um your play has been very strong and you put up good numbers. Where's your game at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think my game's at the at the highest level of my career so far, especially after last year. Yeah. The way I the way I started defending as well, on top of you know, on top of the offense. The offense is always going to be there, in my opinion. And all the points, who knows what the points are going to be every year? They, they always fluctuate and stuff. But I think the way I'm playing, a 200 foot game is now starting to round my game into being the you know one of the better defenders in the league. So. To me, it's it's playing a hard game on both sides of the puck, which I which I'm starting to do at a, you know at a very consistent level, and I think that it's important to you know my main goal right is to is to stop the play defending, and then break the puck out clean. You know I want to put the puck on the forwards tape and let them get going, and I'm going to meet them up the ice. You know it's not about me just rushing and then doing everything on my own. I want to put the puck in the forwards' hands clean. You know break out, beat the other team's forecheck, and let's get going up the ice. And obviously on the power play. You know, I think it's uh, consistently proven I do a good job there. So I'm hoping to bring all the same stuff I do and just continue to get better. I think there's another level for myself to get to, and uh, I'm confident that I will. You and the power play, you know, you, the Flyers power play really struggled last year, and uh, you're going to be a big part of that this year. You know, your philosophy as that quarterback 
what is your philosophy? You're more of a distributor than a shooter, uh, but how do you kind of use that to, to distribute the puck and, and put your, you know, the rest of the guys on that unit in real good position to have success? Yeah. I mean, this is my answer here. probably going to sound a little bit silly just because it seems so simple, but my main goal is to, you know, deception, I think is, is the biggest thing, you know, there's, they have one less guy, right? So if you can be deceptive and, and just get one guy a little bit out of position, my goal was to put the puck to the guy that has the best chance for an open shot, you know, and then the flankers usually, I feel like every team runs a flank. Now there's not many box plus ones anymore. You got two flanks and, and then a guy on the top, but um, that's, that's my goal. And then when the guy starts to cheat a little bit, that's when I try to take advantage of the shots. Now to me, I think that if you could, if you have chances to get one timers, they're great, you know, and, I, and I'm happy to take the one timer from the top. I have a decent one timer, but to me, it's as long as you can get the fuck towards the net, we have the extra guy. Right. And that's what, uh, you know, obviously late there in Carolina, we struggle, but if there was a time where we were hot for, for 50 games, almost we were fourth, fifth in the league where it was just, you're finding the open guy. And I thought I did a good job at that. And, and we have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of skill and I don't know what pieces are going to be on each power play. That's, that's for the coaches to decide, but no matter who you're out there with, it's, it's NHL caliber players. And if you put them in the right spot and that's my job to give it to them. And, you know, when you're, when you're on the top, you got to give it to them in the right spot and then they go from there. Right. You give it to a guy that has an extra second and a half to shoot rather than, you know, getting a stick in his face. He's going to be able to score, you know, more often than not. Yeah. And that's putting the opposition, the penalty killers to decisions, because the more decisions you put them to, the more chance there is that they make the wrong decision. And then you could exploit that mistake. Yeah. I mean, when, if you're just going to be real simple and just move the puck around, the penalty killers are going to follow it, right? They're not going to, they're not going to do anything. Once you start to add in some deception, maybe a shot fake, maybe a little head fake, a pump, that's when you're going to get them to say, oh, let me try to take a guess here. And then maybe he's going to go yeah. back down to the half wall. And now you have the middle. Now the middle is open. The one time opens up, you know, a lot of different things. And the defenseman has to leave his position if he sees something. So you have to you have to move the puck quick, in my opinion. You know, if you look at the teams that had great success in the uh, in the playoffs there, they moved it quick. You see Colorado, what Colorado is doing, a little bit different dynamic there because McCarr and McKinnon are kind of rolling the zone and they're all over the place, which is causing chaos. Not every team you know, does that. It's a little, it's a little bit different of a power play, but just the puck movement, when they do move it, it's, it's everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. And now there's a shot attacking the net. It doesn't have to be, you know, tic-tac-toe, but it's boom, boom, boom. You move a guy. Now it's chaos and there's, and there's players going everywhere, rebounds. So I think it's quick puck movement shots and just, you know, chemistry is the most important part though. And hopefully we can get that going pretty quick. Yeah, getting on the same page. I totally agree with you. Um, let's talk about your role with this team. You know, you talked to Chuck Fletcher. You mentioned you had a brief conversation with John Tortorella. Uh, obviously, Ryan Ellis and the prospect of him playing or not playing is, is looming over the team in a big way. You know, wh- what's your role going to be? And I guess that kind of depends on the availability of Ryan Ellis. Yeah, I mean, that's for the for the coaches aside. Obviously, the same thing. I don't want to predict my role before you know before they give me the opportunity to be in certain places, but. Uh, no, I'm expecting to just come in and try to try to do the best I can. Wherever they put me is going to be fine for me. I think I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to produce and play and play a good game for the team. But what I'm going to try to do, like I said earlier, was my main thing is, you know, we're going to defend well. I think as a team, you know, if you look from the outside looking in and now being here, we got to defend well, you know, as a group. And that takes, you know, it takes five guys and a goalie every time you're on the ice. So we're going to defend well. And I think that after that is where my game is going to, my game is really going to, you know, take shape for the team and help the team in the most productive ways of, moving the puck, making good breakout passes, you know, trying to keep it off the wall rather, you know, you don't want to rim it and put the wingers in bad spots and the centers. I'm looking to hit them clean, you know, put it, put it on their tape and let them get going North, not have to, not have to break it out off the wall or chip, you know, hopefully more often than not, we can make clean breakouts and, and then jump into play and help them be creative in the offensive zone, 
you know, be aggressive against the other team, passionate and stick up for my teammates. So that's a lot of the stuff I'm looking to do. But uh, as far as role, we'll see, you know, we'll see. And as far as Ellis, it would be great if he does come back. You know, he's a, he's one of the better right-handed defensemen in the NHL. So I don't, uh, you know, know anything, but my hope is that he's back and ready to go. Uh, Kevin Hayes is a guy that you played with that, you know, well, and, you know, I know he puts, he put something out on Twitter and, um, a message, you know, about your acquisition and you talked about, you know, talking with Hazy over the, over time about playing together again and in Philadelphia, you know, that recruiting process takes place at times. What's it going to be like to play with Kevin again? And will you guys both be recruiting to try and maybe land a free agent that also, uh, you guys both know <laughs> very well, well. I can... <laughs> I'll answer that without saying any names, but that's an absolute yes to the uh, <laughs> recruiting, to the recruiting part. But uh, no, to play with Hazy, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be real fun. We got so close when I was in New York. You know, we played together about uh, we played a year and a half there together, but we got real close right from the start. We sat on the same side of the dressing room and stuff, and uh, I didn't really know him before that. Kind of had mutual friends that you know we knew from the team, but uh, he's just a great guy. He's a funny guy. You know, he's kind of bright spot of any locker room you're in. You know, everybody everybody kind of flocks over to him and wants to hang out with him. He's a good guy. You never heard a person that doesn't like Kevin Hayes before. But um, you know, just gonna be real fun to get back on the same get back in the same team with him, hang out on the road, hang out at home. You know, I'm sure we're gonna be living pretty close to each other in the city and stuff. So it's uh, awesome. We talked for a while now, since he's been on the Flyers. I you know, I said if, if the opportunity presents itself, I said that I'll be I'll be with you. And now that it has, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about you trying to win some of the people over that you know, that, that are divided on you being a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. You, you're not oblivious to it, Tony. You know, some of the things that happened in your past, you've owned your mistakes and you haven't been afraid to talk about them. And, but with that comes some division in the fan base. And you see it on social media. You, you hear it on, you know, the radio stations and you're back home. So, um, you know, can you not almost not worry about trying to win those people over and, and just go out every day and be you? Or, or is that something that you consciously try and do? No, I don't consciously try to do it. It's kind of like a little bit of a mixture, though, because you don't want what I like to uh, do is is end bad perceptions that people have. And what I would tell people is everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong or whatever. But what I can tell you is that they're wrong about what they what they think of me. And I think that there's some stuff that circulates the internet out there and people read it and you know they're inclined to believe it right and i don't think it's all it's all accurate there's some mistakes i made of course and that i've that i've owned up to but there's a lot of other stuff out there that that adds on to it that's totally inaccurate and false so what i would say to the people is just pay attention to myself and my on and off ice actions and then make your own opinion from it don't don't read an article and then just you know run with it because i'll tell you what i'd say 95 percent of these have been inaccurate and and they asked me a question a couple of days ago that was, you know, kind of way off base there. And I'm not going to just keep diving into it. I'm, I've proven myself over the last couple of years. And I think the most important thing is, is how close I am with my teammates and the way that my teammates view me and, and people that I deal with in organizations. So I'm not uh, I'm not overly concerned. I think that, you know, I know what kind of person I am and especially being home it makes it even makes it even better because now all the people that, that uh, I know and support and that support me and that are with me, they already know what kind of person I am and I have them here already. It's not like it's a whole new fan base, but you look back to Carolina, you know, when I first came in, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 50, 50 positive and negative reactions. And now, you know, when I leave there, it's, it's almost a hundred to zero, you know, being not happy about me leaving. So I feel like it's going to be the same way here. And I think people just need to get to know me a bit and, uh, you know, make their own opinions. 
I love that you said, you know, ask guys that played with me because one of the guys that I that I asked about you, um, he said this. He said, locker room issue, guys with locker room issues aren't well liked. And he said, that's how he knows you're not a locker room issue because you're well liked by your teammates. And if you're an issue in the locker room, you're not going to be well liked by yeah. your teammates. Uh, so I just... I thought that was an interesting line. You know, it just said usually locker room issue guys with locker room issues are not well liked. And that's, that's not sure. the case with you. So yeah. um, um, that's kind of a testament to that. W- what's next for the rest of the summer, Tom? What are you doing? You going down the shore? What's the, you're back home now. You can use the lingo again, you know, down the shore and all that. <laughs> well, shit. I live, I live down the shore. So I, I have to use that. <laughs> I have to use that lingo, but uh, no, now after, I know the rookies are here this week and I met some of them yesterday, obviously taking, uh, it was my first time looking at the, the facility actually i've been there a million times but i've never never been allowed to go in the back so now that i'm allowed in there i got to take a look at it and uh unbelievable facility so i'll probably once the the rookies finish up obviously i don't want to mess up their camp there and be in their way but once they get finished up here i'm going to probably be at uh Voorhees every day training and skating and getting ready for the season and obviously from there you know when you have the rest of the day and the weekends i live down the shore so i'll be back and forth are you chomping at the bit like to get this going like like let's get on with the show here, like kind of thing. Yeah, now that uh, you know, after our we had a late season there, we finished. We played uh, yeah. fourteen games in twenty eight days, and you know we wind up losing that tough game seven. We were uh, everyone wanted some time off, but now that you know, I'm not going to be back in Carolina and sign with the Flyers. I'm looking to start the season August first, not uh, not October thirteenth now. So I'm ready to go. This is going to be uh, the first time I'll be able to put the jersey over my head for real and play. Uh, Play a regular season game at the Wells Fargo Center is really. I think it's going to come all uh, full circle kind of for me there. So I'm uh, can't wait for it. But there's a process before that that we got to go through, and, and you know we got to do it right and get some chemistry as a team and put in the work. So all that comes with it. And this is my eighth year pro coming up, so I know it. You know I know it needs to be done. And uh, but I really had that day, October 13th, definitely circled on my on my calendar. Yeah, it'll be special when you put that jersey on. You walk out as a home team player. You've played against the Flyers now. You'll be playing for him. Tone, thanks for doing this. Best of luck the rest of the summer. Yeah. We'll talk again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to Tony D'Angelo for taking the time and joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Hope you uh, got something out of that interview. I did. One of the things that's been talked about quite a bit as well is that the Flyers are not a destination anymore. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo is from here, so he's coming home. And if Johnny Gaudreau comes here, yeah, he's from here and he's coming home. But it's still a destination, provided you, you can pay a player. <laughs> The destination was always about dollars, not real estate, I think. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens today. It is a massive day in the NHL. The fortunes and maybe the misfortunes of teams can really take place today. Sometimes remember, too, the best deal you make is the one that you weren't able to make. And we'll see what happens. Whether Gaudreau is signed to be a flyer or not, I gave my opinion on it. And we'll see where it goes and where Chuck Fletcher and the Hockey Operations Department decides to shift their focus come this afternoon at noon. So, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you Friday on a brand new Flyers Daily. Times have changed and times are strange. Here I come, but I ain't the same. Mama, I'm coming home.